Hey, my friend, we're going to be looking into the future right here because we're seeing 144,000, 12,000 men from each of the 12 tribes of Israel saved and sealed, anointed by God to be his special followers. So this is amazing. And he comes back on Mount Zion with them. Let's look at the scripture right now. I promise you, you're going to be blessed by this because you're going to be looking into the future as you look at these scriptures. Amazing stuff. All right, here we go, guys. Here we are in the scripture. And I saw, and this is Revelation chapter 14, and I saw and behold the Lamb standing on the Mount Zion, and with him the 144,000, or the 140,000 and 4,000, having his name and the name of his father written on their foreheads. Wow, isn't that amazing? So they come back with the Messiah, with Yeshua Mashiach. This is what the scriptures say. They're going to happen, guys, just like they say. And on their foreheads, the name of their father. You know, there are scriptures in the Old Testament and the Tanakh that talk about God as father. And it's so beautiful. And they're also going to have the name, uh, we're going to have the Lamb's name also, and their Father's name, God. Isn't that awesome? These are the first fruits from God. We're going to see that right now. Let's look at it in the scriptures. Here we go. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of many, as a great thunder, and the voice which I heard was the voice of harpers harping with their harps, and they sang, this is awesome, and they sang, uh, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. And this is the part that's really awesome. And no man could learn the song, save or except for the 144,000. Wow. Isn't that cool, you guys? If you are Jewish and you're living in Israel, you may be one of these guys. How would you like that? To have a new song from God that only you knew, you and your friends there knew, and the Messiah. And it's special. It's kind of like Joseph's story. Remember, Joseph or Yosef was a lot like Jesus Christ. He was a picture and a foretelling of him. He was sold for silver. His brothers despised and rejected him and hated him. And then later he was sold for silver down the road and he was falsely accused again. He was thrown in that place of the condemned. But then in that place of the condemned, he tells two their fate. One was cursed, one was restored to live with the king. There's the picture of the cross, the two with Jesus on the cross. And then he was raised up out of that place of the condemned and only he was found worthy to reveal God's plan. And he was given a Gentile bride. And then while he had a Gentile bride, there was that seven years of great abundance. And when that last piece of grain was taken into the storehouses while his Gentile bride was with him, then the seven-year time of famine came, which was like Jacob's trouble, right? Seven years. And that's when he saved all of Israel. So the Bible explains the Bible, my friend. All the counsel of God, the whole counsel, Old Testament, New Testament, the Tanakh, if you're in Israel, and the Christian Bible, they work together homogeneously. They're one piece of scripture, one scroll, really, from God. 
So it's amazing stuff, you guys, when we look at this. Well, let's get back into the scripture. This is a beautiful thing. It's a song that only they knew. Remember, Joseph, or Yosef, he had everyone go out of his palace, out of the room, while he revealed who he was to his brothers. And they wept with each other, and they, were, they ate together, and they were with each other for, for some time. Cool stuff. The Bible explains the Bible, and that's what this channel is about, my friend. We use the whole counsel of God. So you may want to consider subscribing if this brings value to you. Let's continue on in the scriptures, you guys. Here we go. All right. And these are they that follow the Lamb wherever He goes. And I, I skipped this part. Let's get to it. And these are, um, and these are they that follow the Lamb wherever He go goeth. And this is old English, by the way. I'm using the e English. I'm sorry, the American Standard Version, which is a a very uh, literal translation from these words. But sometimes you get stuff like goeth. So bear with me. So He follow the Lamb wherever He goes. And these. <laughs> and these are the virgins, okay? These are they that follow the Lamb where He goes and were purchased. Remember, Jesus purchased us. He paid, He redeemed us. He paid the price. And these were purchased from among men to be the first fruits unto God and unto the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no lie. They are without blemish. They are without fault. And that's how God sees these Jewish believers from the 12 tribes of Israel. He sees them without fault. No fault. I find no fault in them. Just like Pontius Pilate said of Jesus. But they find there's no fault found in these guys. Isn't that awesome? Wow. And that's how God sees you and me as believers in Jesus Christ. You may feel condemned. You might feel like you're not doing good as a Christian because sometimes we all go through that and sometimes we even feel like we're not a Christian. But we go off of what the promises of God are. And God promises that we are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ and He took away all of our sin. It says in the Bible that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all all sin from all unrighteousness so our standing in him is is perfect it's good it's without blemish because he was without blemish so when the father looks at us as believers in jesus he sees someone with the same standing as jesus faultless this is so awesome you guys and you can give your life to jesus christ today you can do it right now. This could be the best moment of your life. At the end of this episode, you'll have that opportunity. So stay tuned. All right, you guys, let's let's continue on in the scripture. All right, here's the uh, Revelation 14 continues. And I saw another angel flying in mid heaven, having eternal good tidings. And that's actually the gospel, the good news to proclaim to them that dwell on the earth and unto every nation and tribe and tongue and people and this is this is really important you guys because the greek word for that is ethnos and ethnos is where we get ethnicity so to every ethnic group in the world they hear this good news the gospel of jesus christ the good news of what yeshua jesus right did and how he saved us. And, and the whole world hears us at one moment. And this is right before 
the return of Jesus down to the Mount of Olives to come and rule and reign on this earth. So here's the thing. A lot of missions groups, you guys, I've even heard it in my own church, a lot of missions groups base their doctrine off of Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus was telling his disciples about his return. They were asking him, What's, what are the signs of your return in the end of the age? And Jesus said in one part of it, he said, the gospel will be preached to the whole world, and then I will re- come back. Then I will return. So a lot of missions groups, they believe that that's their job to usher in Jesus. They have to make sure that the, the gospel's preached to the whole world. They might be that missions group that does it. And then Jesus will come back like they're ushering him in, like he's just waiting for them to do that. That's not true. That's false teaching, you guys, because we're seeing right here in the book of Revelation, chapter 14, right before he returns to the earth to set up his kingdom, the gospel is proclaimed by an angel to every language, every tribe, every ethnic group in the whole world will hear the good news of Jesus Christ at one moment in time. And then what happens after that? He comes back. (laughs) So it's not on us. Now, it is important that we do spread the good news to the whole world. That's our mission, but God's not waiting for us to do that. He's not delayed in his return as some teach. In fact, Jesus talked about an evil servant who says in his heart, my Lord is delayed. And he gets drunk and he beats up on his fellow servants. And the master comes back on a day he wasn't expecting. And it wasn't good for that servant. You could read all that in Matthew's chapter, Matthew chapter 24 and 25 and um, look further into that if you'd like. But let's continue on in Revelation chapter 14. Here we go, you guys. Okay. And he saith, this is that angel flying around with a great voice, fear God and give uh, and give him glory for the hour of his judgment is come and worship him that made the heaven and the earth and the sea and fountains of water. And another, a second angel followed saying, fallen. Fallen is Babylon the great that hath made all the nations drink of the wine of wrath for her fornication. And another angel, a third, followed them, saying with a, with a great voice, If any man worship, worshipeth the beast and the image. Remember, the beast is this false messiah, the antichrist, and his image, and receiveth a mark on his forehead, and upon his hand he also shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is prepared unmixed in the cup of his anger, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day and night, they that worship the beast and his image. And whoso receiveth the mark of his name, here is the patience of the saints. They they keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And that's the end of that chapter. 
But what I want to talk about now, we should look at in the book of Ishiao, if you're in Israel, or Isaiah, we see in chapter uh, 63, okay, we see that there's the wrath of God, okay? We see that in there. And we see that he comes back, the Messiah, he comes and he's asked, like, what, where, what is this crimson red color on your, on your garments? And he said, I was trotting the grapes. I was uh, pressing, you know, it was the, the wrath of God, the, the great wine press of the wrath of God. And it was the blood spilled of these who have refused Jesus Christ. And they refused to repent even, even after all these warnings, after all these, these powerful signs and wonders and things that happen in the book of Revelation. They still refuse to repent, which means turn to God. And it's a sad, sad thing. And it, it, it does not make God happy uh, to do this but it has to be done. It's like a tsunami. It's like our sins are like feeding this enormous tsunami that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's coming, and it cannot be stopped. That's how God's wrath is. It has to be dealt with. But Jesus made a way. He rode that wave of God's wrath, so to speak, like a surfboard, and he wants you to jump on board and be saved. And you, my friend, you have that opportunity to receive him by saying a simple prayer, praying from your heart to Yeshua Mashiach, if you're in Israel, to Jesus Christ, the Messiah who came and he paid for all of your sins, but you have to believe in him and put your faith in him and follow him. So that's what we're seeing there. So um, we're going to continue in this scripture and finish up this chapter. So let's look. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from henceforth, like from now on. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their works follow with them. And then it says, And I saw and behold a white cloud, and on the cloud I saw one sitting like unto a, uh, a son of man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the temple, crying with a great voice to him, that sat on the clouds, send forth thy sickle and reap, for the hour to reap is come, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud cast his sickle up into the earth, and the earth was reaped. So there's a great harvest. Remember, like, like Joseph's story, there was this great, great harvest of souls in, the, in Revelation, but in grain in Joseph's story, but, but the same picture here. So let's continue on now. And another angel came out from the temple, which is in heaven. He also having a sharp sickle, and another angel came out from the altar. He that hath power over fire, and he called with a great uh, voice to him that sat on on the sharp or him that had the sharp sickle saying send forth thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe and the angel cast his sickle into the earth and he gathered the vintage of the earth 
and cast it into the winepress, the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden with uh, was trodden without the city, and there came out blood from the winepress, even unto the bridles of the horses, so far as a thousand and six hundred furlongs. So what is that? Okay. That is the same distance as 180, approximately 185 miles. What is very interesting about that is, is this. If you made the Valley of Armageddon or uh, uh, Valley of Megiddo, if you're in Israel, or Armageddon, if you made it square, it is 185 mile square. Interesting stuff, right? Just a little side note there. But what we're seeing is God's wrath, the wine press that's trodden, right? This is God's wrath. And we saw that in Eshiel or Isaiah chapter 63, where he describes the Messiah says this, I was trotting on the wine press and, you know, basically defeating the enemies. Because what's awesome is Isaiah 61, Jesus came into the synagogue. Remember this back 2,000 years ago, and he read from the book of, or the scroll of Eshiel, of Isaiah, right? And he read the part in chapter 61 where it says that he has come to heal the blind, to, to comfort those who mourn. And then he said, today, in your hearing, these scriptures are fulfilled. And he stopped right there, but he stopped mid-sentence. Because it continues and it says, and the day of God's wrath as he comes to Mount Zion to save Israel. If you keep reading, he saves Israel. Amazing stuff, you guys. It parallels what we're reading here in Revelation chapter 14 and 15. Awesome, is it not? Wow. So then uh, it continues in the scripture. It says here that, and I saw another sign in heaven. Uh, another sign in heaven, and great and marvelous, seven angels having seven plagues, which are the last. That's why it's marvelous, because this is a horrible time. This is the last of the plagues, the last of the judgments, for in them is finished the wrath of God. Wow, isn't that great? And I saw, as it were, the sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that come... Uh, uh, off victorious from the beast and from his image and from the number of his name. These are the ones that did not take that mark or, or worship the beast. Standing by the sea of glass, this is an image of heaven, you guys, having harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses. Wow. Here in the New Testament, In the future, they're going to be singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord God, the Almighty, righteous and true. Righteous and true. Wow. Are thy ways, thou King of the ages, who shall not fear, O Lord and glorify thy name, for thou only art holy, for all the nations shall come and worship 
before thee, for thy righteous acts have been been made manifest or seen. Wow, so awesome, you guys. And after these things I saw in the temple, the tabernacle, the testimony in heaven was opened, and there came out from the temple seven angels who had the seven plagues arrayed with precious stone, pure and bright, and gird about uh, their breasts with golden girdles or sashes, right? And one of the four living creatures gave unto the seven angels seven golden bowls full of God, of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and none was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues, or the judgments, right, of the seven angels should be finished. And that's the end of chapter 15 in the book of Revelation. So real excited that we're going to be getting into chapter 16 next because that's when Jesus comes back. And that's when the tribulation gets to a completion, the great tribulation period, the time of Jacob's trouble. It ends, and then God comes back and he throws Satan and his minions, his, his beast and his false prophet all get thrown into the lake of fire forever and ever. And Satan gets thrown and bound by a great chain and he gets put in like a cell for a thousand years and we're seeing the, just this glorious time where Jesus will rule and reign on this earth for 1,000 years with his, his saints. That's you and me if you're a believer. And there'll be some that survive the tribulation period and repopulate the earth. And that's how we'll be ruling and reigning, reigning is, is this, this population that grows in the world for 1,000 years. Because it says in Isaiah that even a, a baby... When, it, when someone dies at 100 years old, it will be, he'll be called a baby. So it's like this is a time where it goes back to that garden era where people lived like 900-something years, I believe. And it's just a time of amazing. The, like the earth has been groaning and waiting for this time to be fulfilled. So hey, my friend, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you can believe in him right now. He is a simple prayer away. You have to understand that you are a sinner. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You might be saying, well, I'm a pretty good person, and God might look at my good works and say that I'm okay, but no. It only takes one sin to keep you out of heaven, and you've done it. The Ten Commandments were set up to show us that we're incapable and that we need a Savior. If you say you have no sin, you're a liar. That's what the Bible says, and the truth is not in you. Because have you ever lied? Oh, you have. Okay, yeah, so have I. Have you ever stole something? Yes, you have, okay? So you're a lying thief, right? And have you ever looked at someone with lust? If you've done that, that's Jesus said that you've done that in your heart. It's the same thing. So we've done all these things. We're sinners. You and I, we're sinners. We need Jesus. And you can have him as your Lord and Savior and receive his goodness and his righteousness and his forgiveness right now. And you have to admit you're a sinner, be sorry for your sin, and then you receive Jesus, you believe in him, and you call him Lord and Savior from your heart to him. You're going to pray to him, not to me or anybody else. This is business between you and God. Pretend it's just you and God now. I'm just help leading you there. And, and, and this is a simple prayer. If you would like to receive Jesus, repeat these words after me, my friend. 
and pray from your heart and 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 give it an earnest prayer, like you're you're being very uh, forthcoming and real that you are a sinner, you're sorry for your sin, and you want to receive Jesus. All right. So repeat the words after me. This is a prayer between you and God. All right. Repeat after me, dear God. I know I'm a sinner, and I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me of my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. And I believe that you were raised again after three days and that you are alive today, Jesus. I choose to follow you as my Lord and as my Savior from this day forward. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for loving me. Please fill me with the Holy Spirit. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, my friend, if you did that, congratulations. God has forgiven you. You may feel free and and just full of God's love and his peace right now, or you may feel nothing. It doesn't matter. We go off of what the scriptures say, off of what the Bible says is the most important thing, the whole counsel of God, all of it, the whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, all of it. And we see God's forgiveness, his plan laid out. And one of the best books you can read is is read the book of John if you're a new believer, and also read uh, Romans to help mature in Jesus Christ and understand that your position now is justified. You are now saved, and now he's going to go take you through a process of making you more and more like his son, Jesus, every day. All right, so God bless you guys. We're going to be going through Revelation chapter 16 next time. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. All right, God bless you guys. See you next time.